0: All rise For the Honorable J.P. Brown. Welcome to Fathers and Family Court. I am your host, J.P. Brown. I'd like to welcome you to episode 26 of season two, Fathers and Family Court. Uh, This is a Father's Rights podcast. We pretty much just talk about, again, Father's Rights, how it feels to be a father. This season, we're talking to uh, a bunch of fathers. We're hearing a bunch of different stories from a bunch of different fathers from a bunch of different places. This is a really important thing for us because uh, no father has the exact same story, but there's a lot of these stories that have a lot in common. Every time someone's going through this, or a lot of the times fathers are going through this, they feel alone. They're not fucking alone. There's a ton of people going through it, so we're going to keep reaching out to people. We're going to keep talking to them, letting them tell us their story, tell us a little bit about what I'm going through. Not so as much what I'm going through, as I've been saying. If you want to hear about my story more in depth, go check it out on the other podcast. Season 1, there's 50 episodes about me. But this season is about how all the rest of the folks around this country, and not just this country, but around the globe, are having some of the same problems. And there's not really a universal spot for them to talk about it. And it's not really popular to talk about at all. Kind of by design a little bit, there's a system in there uh, that's benefiting from this parental alienation that's taking place, uh, people that benefit from it don't really stand up and be like, yeah, we benefit from it. They kind of just play it like doesn't happen. But if you're smart enough to know what's really going on, you know, it's going on and maybe not in that County, but the County next door and the County next door, it's going on. Okay. Uh, fathers are turned into businesses in these instances. So a lot of the times for that to happen, um, they're alienated um from their child and we've had them on this podcast speaking about their stories uh in season two so um if you're a first-time listener again welcome return listeners welcome back and um yeah man check out some of these other stories from other these uh some of these other fathers um if you do enjoy this story uh Today, we will be talking to Tanner out of Arizona. So, again, we haven't spoke to anyone on this state from Arizona. We've been covering the map, but we have yet to speak to a father from Arizona, so I'm excited to speak to him, hear his stance, hear how he feels, hear his story. Again, I've never spoke to Tanner um, prior to what you're going to hear, so this is exciting for me as well. I get another opportunity to hear another story, um, and I hope you can take something from this interview Um, and I hope I can get something from it too, as well. Uh, enjoy. All right. So today, uh, we are talking to Tanner out of Arizona and I'm really, really excited to hear his story. Uh, how are you doing today, Tanner? I'm
1: doing good. How are you doing?
0: Oh man, God's been really good to me. We had our first like good snow that stuck on the road. So I kind of, it's, it's been kind of hectic on the roads, but I always see the snow as a beautiful thing, man. It's, it's, it's created from the creator. So it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm excited to hear your story, Tanner. Um, you just finished court, um, just a little, little background. Uh, Tanner has two children. Uh, both their birth, their birthdays are coming up. They're getting ready to be three, three and five. So those are the ages of my children. So, uh, well, my children, yeah, those are around the ages of my children. So I'm, 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 I, I definitely relate. Um, and I'm excited to hear how Tanner is. Tanner is um, two years younger than me. He's 29, so I'm extremely excited to hear how somebody uh, is good to hear him. He's younger than me, and he went to court, and he and he came out, and he's alive because we're talking to each other today. Uh, so I'm excited to hear how his story went um, and how he prevailed. Uh, so Tanner, uh, how how would you like to start? Um, well, first
2: off, I'd like to ask. Yeah, I want to make sure you can hear me clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, we're good. Okay, I just I want to double check on that. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: I mean, you know, it's 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 been it's definitely been very stressful. And it's been a long battle. Mhm. I, I I don't even know how I would start this, um, considering that <laughs> there's been a lot of uh uh you know a lot of stress and a lot of court cases and a lot of money involved well, with
0: it. well, how about this? What did you have both your parents in the home?
2: Uh, no, when, so when I was a little boy, I think my parents divorced when I was about 4 years old. Okay. I so went you, back and forth from my my mother's to my father's.
0: So you 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 yeah. are you see the effects of, you know, like a lot of us fathers that have been on this podcast, not all of them, some of them have had actually really good fathers and that's great too. But, man, the fathers that didn't really have a father every single day or we had to split it up or we had to deal with living in a separated home, uh, we want regularness that much more for our children. So, that's why I asked that. Um, Yeah, man, so uh okay so uh, that was just a little background for me so i know because man i we haven't spoke but five minutes i haven't really gotten any like personal questions to you or you haven't even said enough to me to i know your personality but once you said that you yeah, that that's the kind of life that you came up in without even going into detail i already know you that's not what you wanted for your babies you know what i mean so uh yep. so yeah man so 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 were you married to your children's mother
2: yeah, yeah, so a little bit on the background, what you just said, uh, when I was younger, and I was a little boy, I went back and forth. Um, uh, I went back and forth between my mother and my father mm-hmm. when I was about 12, 13 years old. My dad gave me the choice to stay with my mom or him. I chose my mother until I was about 16 or 17. Right. I, I, I lived with her for a while, and I realized that she was kind of not the good parent, and right. she always made my dad, she made him to look like the bad guy. Uh, I always thought that he never wanted to talk to me and that he didn't like me or love me. Right. But uh, one of the things that you need to know is when I got older, I realized that he was the one that cared for me more than my own mother. Right. Uh, just so you and anyone else listening knows, as I grew up, I realized uh, still to this day I've, I've tried to have some uh, communication with my mother, but it's still never been good because I realized that she just wasn't the, the good person to have in my life. She was actually the one that caused all the negativity and the problems. And I, I still don't communicate with her to this day. No,
0: nah, man, and when you say that, I, I, anytime I interrupt you, I'm always sorry, man. I just never want to lose. I just But listen, nah, man, fine. listen, you, when you say that, it just lets me know, like, man, for your story to end in family court is hurtful because that much more of you wanted it to be good and it to be okay. And then you went and got married, you know what I mean? And later on in life here, and it's like, bro, it's like you tried to do the right thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it just hurts. I know we haven't even gotten into it, but I'm just like, damn it, that much more. You know what I mean? This meant that much more to you, you know? That much more. I'm
2: sorry, man. Yeah, I, I grew up as a young kid, uh, living with my mother. I ended up realizing my father was actually the better parent. I lived with him, and he actually taught me a lot of good morals and values that my mother did not get the chance to do. And honestly, it, it made me the person I am today was because of my father, which is the whole reason I think we're having this conversation right now is mm-hmm. because fathers are so important.
0: Right, man. Shout out to him for being a good dad to you as well, man, and sticking through it and not, you know what I mean, and being there for you yeah. to be a lifeline. Shout out to him, man. That's why <laughs> his actions made made you all right. Brought us here today because it put the fight in you when it was your time, man. So, uh, yeah. so you meet your wife um, at the time. Uh, was it was it okay at first, or was it always like rocky and shit, or? Uh.
2: Uh, so, basically from the beginning, uh, long story short, I worked in the Four Corners area in the United States in, uh, New Mexico. A small town called Farmington. So, um, I don't I mean to cut you Polish. off. I just
0: love learning. Yeah. I love learning. You said your wife, your wife is Polish?
2: No, I said I, I worked in the Four Corners area. Yeah, what is like, that? Uh, you no, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, Arizona—they call it the Four Corners.
0: Oh, okay, okay, man, that's and really like cool. It's like a famous landmark. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Um, I just, I just love talk love learning new things. Four Corners, so like a tri-state type deal, but instead it's four all together. I got it. Okay.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's a famous landmark, but uh, I worked in this town called Farmington in New Mexico. Uh huh. Um, it's right on the border of Colorado and I worked at a community college and uh, that's actually where I met my now ex-wife but I met her there, I was a athletic trainer at the college and I ran all the athletic portion of the, it's called the Health and Human Performance Center Mm -hmm. and she actually worked on the other side of the building running like the, uh, the outdoors center, like they had a place where they rented kayaks and even bicycles for all the people who like to do all the mm-hmm. outdoor stuff. So I met her through a mutual friend of mine that also worked there that taught boxing and But uh, That's pretty much how I ended up meeting uh, my current ex-wife.
0: Well, I definitely want to thank you for your services. I'm, I'm an athlete, man. I didn't stop playing athletes. Athletic. I, I didn't <laughs> step away from athletics until uh my daughter was born and that was in what 2015 so man i understand how how vital having a good trainer around is. so man i definitely appreciate you and there's more to being an athlete than just playing the sport itself there's the people that do everything behind the scenes and you were a part of that so i definitely appreciate your services uh when you guys
2: first
0: when you guys first started uh when you guys first started working uh we when you guys get married, was it, was it rocky at first or was it pretty smooth sailing?
2: Um, uh, we actually did not get married until after my first child was born. So, um, uh, like I said, I, I met my ex-wife at that college and we started dating. Um, it seemed like a lot of people didn't like it, but, you know, that's kind of the fun of dating someone, you know, <laughs> get upset. And, you know, you have that little love story, whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, we dated for a couple of months, and uh, that's when I found out uh, that she was pregnant with my first child.
0: So that was your intro into fatherhood. You were pretty excited?
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, we dated for a little bit, and you know, at the time, that was about five years ago, and I was only what, 23, 24 years old. Right at that time, she was just under 21, I think, Um, you know, so uh, we started dating, and she didn't have a a super good relationship with her parents, and um, I was living on my own, I just got out of a relationship, and I was trying to kind of make a career out there in New Mexico, but, uh, you know, we started dating, and I was all in love, like anyone else, and I told her, hey, let's move in together, okay. You know, we, we got some roommates up in Colorado, it sounds far away, but it was only about a 20-minute drive from where we work. Right. so we went up there and found some roommates, lived with them, another couple.
0: So, uh, so you're staying with your wife, uh, well, she's not your wife at this time, um... And I'm imagining it sounds like everything was pretty smooth sailing um, while she was pregnant, I'm guessing. Uh, the baby's on the way, right?
2: Yeah. So uh, before we found out that my ex-wife was pregnant, we moved in together up in Durango, Colorado. And she was into fitness and outdoor stuff. And, you know, obviously I was an athletic trainer. I was into fitness. and We went and worked out at the gym, you know, almost every day of the week. Right. We did all that, and while you know we both had our full time jobs, and we we're just trying—we're just a young couple trying to make money and be successful.
1: Right.
2: And uh, we lived out there with some roommates. Um, it was about a month into when we were living in that house together with our roommates. That's when we found out that she was pregnant. And once we found that out, you know, I was ecstatic. And she was very worried about it because she didn't have a very good relationship with her mother. Right. Uh, my ex-wife, the, the woman I was with, uh, she didn't have, she doesn't have any contact with her own father. She has a stepfather that she calls her dad. Right. But, uh, you know, I was excited. You know, She was nervous and anxious. She, didn't, she wasn't excited.
0: <laughs> right, right. So how you? So how so man? So you kind of were, were, you kind of were more the one that was kind of like the optimistic one there, and kind of just saw saw the light at the end of the tunnel regardless, man. So you kind of had to be a leader there emotionally, and I, I, hey, hats off to you, man. I'm really really proud of you. Um, so how so so uh so, e- so e- so everything was smooth sailing good until the second baby.
2: Uh, no, actually, um, you know our kids are about two, two and a half years apart. Uh, what happened was, if I had to make a long story short, is we had some roommates. We were younger, you know, we didn't have like careers, so we didn't have any money. We lived paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, when when my ex wife or my my kids mother was pregnant, we actually moved around a little bit until I finally got enough money to get us our own place back in New Mexico. Right. Uh, we lived there for a couple of months and it was still going well while she was pregnant. After my first son was born, which is about, you know, four and a half years ago now, uh, after he was born, we, we actually moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the big city, uh, because me and my ex-wife, uh, my kid's mother, we still we still worked at that college, but the college had some budget cuts, and I was the one bringing in most of the money mm-hmm. because I ran the whole athletic division. But they had budget cuts, so oh yeah. By the way, if you hear any screaming, that's my kids in the background. They're still kind of playing with each other. Oh no, man! But, that's um, that's
0: being a good dad, man. We're <laughs> we're proud of you, man. That's
2: man. That I, yeah. Is, so we that's are. Proud uh, of you. I, I can. When people don't like it, I tell them, "What's your problem?" Uh huh. But, uh, yeah, I had to move to Albuquerque, uh, we got a, I got a cut in my pay, and they reduced my pay by about 40%, uh-huh. and I couldn't sustain our living out there in New Mexico at the, you know, the northwest New Mexico anymore by the four corners, so I got a job offer in Albuquerque, and I said, hey, let's move down to Albuquerque, and we moved down there when my son was about four or five months, four or five months old, right. you know, um, so you know, we packed up a U-Haul. We got us a little one-bedroom apartment. We only had one kid at the time. Um, I thought everything would be good, but uh, that was when everything bad started happening.
0: <laughs> when you got to the city,
2: yeah. When I got to the city, everything bad started happening. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, how did it start turning for you?
2: Um. Well, I was promised a job making fifty thousand a year as an athletic trainer. At big gym, and I, I, I was not familiar with sales at the time, I didn't realize how sharky salespersons were, especially gym owners, that right. you can make this much money, and I'd never done sales in my life, because I was guaranteed pay in my own job, so I went to the gym thinking I was going to make 50000 a year, I ended up making about 15000 a year, if that, All right. so, um, we were there, we had some... It, was, it wasn't It was good financially for a while, but um, uh, there was a lot of things that happened. I moved down there. We were only down in Albuquerque for six months, and uh, there was quite a few events that happened in that six months because uh, I got a job at this gym. My ex-wife that was with me didn't have a job. I got her a job at the same gym as a lifeguard while I was a personal trainer there. And... Um, uh, long story short, there there was a lot of drama between me and her, and uh, I want to say it was postpartum depression. Uh, but you know, I'm not a I'm not a medical doctor. I can't diagnose that. But that was my mm-hmm. my first thought with the way she was acting. Uh,
0: so you were saying, um, you were saying. Uh, Once you got to the city, about six months in, it got real. Uh, So you're at this gym. Um, She's the lifeguard now. Did did the craziness start? Was it like financially? Uh, Well, not was it financial? Was it the financial thing? Was it was it was it that or was it? Did it start when she got to the gym? Was it the money thing at home Uh. prior?
2: I would say it wasn't financial at first, because when we went from Farmington, New Mexico, to Albuquerque, I actually worked five different jobs in Farmington, and I had a brand new F-150 pickup, I had a brand new sport bike, I had enough money to pay for everything, but because I got that pay tax, we need to leave, this job's offering me more money in Albuquerque, than to go down here. Right. Uh, what started the problem was when I went down there. I wasn't making enough money at first. Uh, I wasn't concerned because I had a four hundred one k saved up at the college I worked at. Right. And I knew that I wasn't making good money, so I pulled all that four hundred one k out, and I paid for the for the remainder of our our rental agreement for the six months at that at that apartment. I said, you know, this is the main thing we need to pay for our housing. I, I pulled out, like, I think it was like $4,300, and I paid for our rent. We only paid, like, 650 bucks, something like that. Right. Um, so I pulled out all that money. But, yeah, the finances were a problem because, you know, I wasn't making very much money at all. She wasn't either. We were lucky enough because at that gym that we both worked at, it was kind of like a luxury gym, and they had a daycare inside of it. And while my ex-wife was working, uh, she got to have free daycare, and we could bring our son to the daycare, so it right. didn't cost us any money while she was working, which is really awesome.
0: Yeah, that is that is God.
2: Yeah, but uh, what, what kind of started everything with snowballs that we're at today was the fact that uh, my ex-wife, you know, we lived by Colorado, and it's time Alright, <laughs> uh, my kids uh, no, a yeah, yeah no
0: you're good It's no. um, really really good to hear man
2: um, at the time my ex-wife she was in love with smoking marijuana and at the time I didn't care I'm from Colorado and it's legal there There's no big deal about it right? and the whole time I was with her she had always uh, smoked it and it wasn't a problem when we were together but uh, when we moved to Albuquerque, her best friend lived down there in Albuquerque, and I didn't know much about her best friend. But moving forward, I learned that her best friend uh, didn't just smoke marijuana; she was into a lot of drugs. Right. And she was always she was always hanging around her best friend. And she was bringing our six-month-old, five-month-old child around that, and I wasn't okay with it. I I said, you know, leave the child, leave our child here with me. Wow. Um, Like, if you're going to go smoke pot or do whatever you do, you know, when you're in a relationship, you're being very uh, open to what they're doing. You're trying to make them happy. Right. I was trying not to be the a hole in the situation, and I said, you know, if you're going to hang out with your friend, leave our kid here with me, and I'll take care of them. Uh, long story short, while we we're in Albuquerque for six months, um, she basically told me it's, it's either my best friend or you. You got to pick. And I said, well, I'm taking me, and I'm, I'm keeping our kid. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I don't want, I don't want. Her, six-month-old child around your best friend that's doing drugs and has STDs and all these issues, um, you know, she was being irresponsible as a parent, I, I never knew, I never thought she would be that way when right. I was with her, but right. in the six months we were down there, I realized she was not a very responsible parent. Mm-hmm. So, um, long story short, when we were in Albuquerque, when my, my son was six months old, uh, she took off with my, my first son, and I didn't see him for two weeks. And she disappeared, and she left my, the apartment we lived in. And I didn't know where my son was. I didn't know where she was. She wouldn't answer phone calls. And I was freaking out because my six-month-old son was gone with his mother. But she wouldn't contact me or talk to me, and she just left. Uh, Tanner, Tanner. Uh, I yeah. know. I,
0: I know you. Now you're doing a great job, but I just, I want to just stop at that moment right there, cause to listen, me to listen effectively, I'm trying to picture everything you're saying, all off of your profile picture. I'm picturing you doing these things. So now I want to picture everything you just said, all the concern you had said and mentioned, and I know people are listening. And they can hear it as well, but you stopped and you you, you're, you said. She took off with the kid. Now, you said you you kind of were frantic a little bit. Could you kind of explain, like, what you did in those moments? Like, how long did it last? And, like, what were you doing? Like, were you pacing? Were you yelling? Were you? I'm just trying to get it. I'm just trying to, like, I want so people to understand instance, when it first happens to them, all so the reactions are going. Yeah, normal. so,
2: I'll get into detail. in this situation, my ex-wife wanted to go party with her best friend. Right. And I used to like her best friend in the past, and I never had a problem with her best friend until one day my ex-wife told me she did a lot of hard drugs and she yeah. has STDs and all this.
1: Right.
2: And I'm sitting here as a, as a new dad, I'm saying, I don't want my kid around that. Right. So uh, my ex-wife said, hey, I want to take the weekend off, I'm going to go and spend the weekend with my best friend on it take our son and I said no you're not gonna take him there I don't want him around your friend or your friend's friends because they're all drug addicts or gang bangers or whatever you know mm-hmm. it, it was a bad crowd of people right um so what happened in that instance was is I told her no you're not you're not taking our, our child to your friend's house and we actually got in a big argument and I was holding my child and she ripped him out of my hands from me, and she was being crazy, and then it it was almost, I wouldn't say it was like a a violence interaction, but she took him from me, and I grabbed him back from her, and then she was, uh, she tried to take him back from me again, and I wouldn't let her have our kid. I said, you know, if you want to have our son, you can go with your friend, but not with him, and, you know, she was clawing at me, trying to grab me and grab him. And I said no, and I was, I was telling her to stay away. And she called the cops, and she said that I was pushing her and beating her. Oh, my And this was in Albuquerque. Gosh. So at that time, she called the police, and they came over, and they saw that I had a big scratch on my face, and my shirt was ripped, and there was nothing wrong with her. And she was claiming domestic violence at the time. And the police showed up and told her, hey, we don't see any domestic violence on Tanner's behalf, but anytime time... The police in Albuquerque actually told me this. They said, any time we respond to a domestic violence call, we have to arrest somebody. And they said, if you guys don't want to go to jail right now, someone has to leave. So my ex-wife, or, you know, she was my fiance at the time... She told me, "Well, I will leave, but I'm
0: taking my son." And so the police allowed her to leave with my son. And all of clearly- that. Look, bro, Tanner. This person literally did all of that just to get her, your son, and hit the road, and go and, and do the irresponsible thing. Literally, put risk you going to jail, in cuffs, sitting in a cell, getting fed when they say. Having to fucking fight, possibly shit like that, all over what you want to go somewhere this weekend, dog. This is this is bigger than risking my freedom over you wanting to yeah. go somewhere. Yeah,
2: it was. It was all over the fact that she could go and party, she wanted to party. Partying is cool, but bro, her. you I are trying okay, to be the
0: adult here, Tanner. It's not like you were trying to. <laughs> I could see if you were. Tra- if this was some some. Different, okay. It's just an argument, but bro, you're trying to be the adult here. Go party, do you? But let me be the adult. Let me be the mom here. I'll sit right here. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Do you? I'll do it.
2: Instead yeah, of that, and, uh, you got a risk going to, risk at, the- at that know. time. At that same time, I had a, a broken shoulder and a broken. It's called the sternocostal joint, which is like a rib on the front of the ribs, right where your sternum connects to ribs, because right. I wrecked my sport bike that I had, and I, I was all beat down and broken, and I, you know, I still told her, I'd like to just leave, leave our son with me, but basically, you know, like I said, the police told me, uh, when we get domestic violence call, we always arrest someone, so if you guys don't, if any of you don't want to get arrested, someone needs to leave, uh, my ex-wife said, well, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to take my child. And the police told me to, that I had to do it because I didn't have any rights as a father because we weren't married. And they told me that.
0: Right. I mean, that did, that so, instance right there spooked you right the fucking rhythm the marriage. <laughs>
2: that's 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 what started everything for me was that instance because my ex wife went crazy on me and at the time. I didn't think it was because of her doing drugs or anything like that. I never had any proof of her doing drugs except marijuana, right. which I was okay with initially.
0: Yeah. But
2: I knew that her her close friend circle was very bad, and they all did hard drugs. And so no. one of those people that were easily... Oh, go ahead
0: and easily influenced now you now you're saying hard, now you're saying hard drugs now We had a dad on here man who actually lived in Colorado from Colorado And he was talking about how when Corona started he was doing all the drugs man coke meth, but what he did was Oh, wow drinking. Yeah, but look this is the remarkable part He fucking cleaned his life up. He dropped a ton of fucking weight. He's been clean as hell and he and he could read me the toxicology reports he's been taking down to the T. Yeah. This guy's literally changed his life around because he wanted to be a dad. Now, mom in this story was his party buddy, bro. So it's like now you're clean as clean as clean as ever. You no, know, and mom is like Super against you, but she 's still probably partying. you know what i mean but it's just it's just really it 's just really remarkable, man, like the so I'll, so you 're saying she's doing other drugs and you well, can 't really tell are, is this like were we talking pills here are we talking like we talking
2: well, so uh, just so I can be honest up front when when we moved down to Albuquerque. Uh, my grandmother, which is my dad's mom, she was my biggest role model in my life. Uh She had just died right when we moved down there. Oh, you were low down. You know, you were down. Yeah, yeah, and and she uh, she just passed away. And then I just wrecked my motorcycle, and right after I wrecked it and almost got it sick, it got stolen. You know, it's Albuquerque. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I, I was down in the dumps, and on the weekends when I wasn't working, yes, I, I would drink alcohol on the weekends. But um, I have a I, I actually have the background. I was—I'm a licensed um, detox counselor, and I did that in Colorado. So. Right. I wouldn't say that I was an alcoholic, but on the weekends, I like to drink when I'm not working. I wouldn't drink to the point where I was super intoxicated and I'd black out or be aggressive. That's never been my style. Yeah, Anyone yeah, can yeah. test for that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all, yeah, yeah.
2: No, nah, man, no. But um, my, my ex-wife was using that as her scapegoat for every single situation that we had moving forward. She oh. said it was because I drank. Oh,
0: okay. I
2: was... When we had that, that phone call that my ex-wife made saying that it was domestic violence and she was ripping my shirt, she told the police that I was drinking and I, I did a portable breath test in front of them and I was clean. And I told them, I said, no, I haven't been drinking. That's just her, her go-to story.
0: Right, like, yeah, like, the, like you said, the damn scapegoat, the the thing to go right to that's every scapegoat. time, yeah, just that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's all, all, of,
2: and all my friends and family, they know on the weekends, you know, I have a couple drinks, whatever, but I've never, I've never had alcohol take control of my life or anything like that, um, but long, long story short, when it came to Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, uh, the police let her leave, With my son that was about six months old. Mm -hmm. Um, And she disappeared with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, my son's out here right now. What are you doing, bud? (laughs) It's cold out (laughs) here. Go back inside. You need a jacket. Um, so, uh, long story short with that, the police let her leave with him, Mm -hmm. and there was about a two-week period where I didn't hear from her, I texted her, I called her, I called her friends, I even called her mother, I never, her mother said she didn't know, I didn't know where my, she was my fiance at the time, I didn't know where she was, Mm I didn't know where my son was. And I was freaking out, and I was like, okay, we're probably splitting up. So, one of the things I did is I actually got a consultation with a attorney in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I ever consulted an attorney. Right. And this attorney told me, he said, uh, you are a, a single father that's unmarried to your children's mother, so... If if you want to go to court, you don't have any rights. He's basically said uh, the children's mother is going to get to keep the kids, and you're not going to because you're not even married. Right. And you know, it's a thirty minute consultation. Now I'm noticing.
0: Now I'm noticing you're in you're in New Mexico at the time you're talking to this lawyer, right? Yep. I'm noticing New Mexico is a 50-50 state. So that just, that it, just, that it, just it wasn't at the time. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. Okay.
2: From what, from what I knew and from what that lawyer told me five years ago, four and a half or four years ago, I'd say, um, he told me, he said, you're not going to have custody of your children. Right. It was before I knew anything about law or family yeah, law. No, nah,
0: every time <laughs> we get it, whatever us new dads, man, we're like, we're new. We don't know anything. We're not taught that we're taught. We're taught algebra. Or something else, or when someone came to the land that was already here, people were already at, and discovered something that was already discovered, <laughs> you know what I mean, we are taught to learn these dates, fuck them dates, teach yeah. us this stuff we need to know, man, I always say it, teach us that, impeding that, traffic, that, that,
2: teach that us. was a stepping stone into me learning,
0: yeah.
2: Anything about family law yep. or what fathers' rights were. Yeah. Or you know, the whole point of us calling each other right now.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yep. was the no, stepping
2: stone, no. right there.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm just we're just talking we're just chopping it up. No, yeah, no, that no, that I didn't mean to throw you off. I just had we I just thought that was a good spot to just back and forth a little bit, but yeah, I'm sorry. Uh so you so you have so you have uh so you talk to this lawyer and he tells you you're uh he tells you pretty much you're not going to have any custody of your kids. You won't have any rights um, without being married. So, was that kind of what led to you just having to get married there? Because you're just like, fuck that. That can't go down.
2: Um, you know what? Um, <laughs> it sounds, uh, it's, a lot of people will probably be really contraindicative about this because it doesn't sound right. And some people think this is unmoral. But when this lawyer told me that if my if my fiance leaves me, I have no rights to my children, and she can have full custody, mm-hmm. and I said, "What's full custody?" And he's like, "Well, you can see him probably like once a month for like you know eight hours, right. And That's it, and then you pay child support. And I sat there and thought about it, and I was like, "How how is this logical when I'm the one supporting <laughs> all of them?" and I, I I'm paying all the bills because of my children I'm doing this for them, but then I don't get to have them i said that's that's not logical at all
0: most well, certainly not so
2: so
1: uh
2: yeah your jackets in your room go check it out uh, <laughs> Sorry. my my kids are running up to me. No, nah, I man, have full time now.
0: No, so, nah, man, you're good, man. But, Anytime uh, they run up, man, you are good. That it's really, really good to hear man. dad getting a dad. You know what I mean? So, man, uh, I fed them dinner,
2: hoping they would chill out. Cause, uh, they were chilling in their rooms for a minute, but you know, they're good.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I know how it goes.
2: Yeah. So basically, at that point in time, I was like, okay, I don't have any rights to these children of mine, or this child. because I only had one child, right? and I was like, this isn't okay, and that's when I started researching online, I was like, what's the, the laws and rules in New Mexico, and um, even at a point in time, I remembered my sister lived with me in New Mexico, mm-hmm. and she divorced her husband, and he was a respected police officer, and she got full custody, and there was no domestic violence, no drugs, he was a police officer. Right. And she still got full custody in New Mexico. Now I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, this is this is an actual thing. Like mothers always get the benefit of the doubt, right? Just because of the state we're in. So I looked it up, and I found out I I, I used to live in Arizona when I was in middle school and elementary school with my mother, mm-hmm. and I and I have a lot of friends in Arizona. And I looked it up, and it said that Arizona was a 50-50 parenting state. Right. So at that point in time, I was like, you know, I'm going to try to fix this problem with my ex and see if we get along.
1: And I want to go to Arizona
2: because if it doesn't work out, at least I can have 50-50 time. With my, with our children. You
0: smart human being. You smart human being.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I, I anytime I'm interested in something, I'm not saying I'm a smart guy. You know, I'm a personal trainer. A lot of people thought of me as a freaking, you know, a meathead, and all I cared about was your basal metabolic rate and your calories in calories out, but when it came to my kids, when I was a little kid, or, or you know, when I was younger... When I grew up all I ever wanted to do was to have a family and I wanted to have kids in my life. I always wanted that.
0: Yeah, man. Be and neat. so
2: this was yeah, this was the most important thing to me at the time and mm-hmm. I spent hours when when I was home alone without my son, I would sit there on the internet and I sat there for hours and hours and I was just researching all these these group forums and these posts and I was, I was just reading everything I could about, you know, what happened in New Mexico, and then what happened in Arizona with kids and fucking getting ready and all this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. I spent a lot of time doing that because the the job I had out there, they didn't they didn't fulfill their promises to me. Right. Hey, hey, Toby, can you go eat this in your room, please? Thanks, <laughs>
1: hey, bro. Here, can I have
2: that? <laughs> oh, where's my jacket? <laughs> All
1: right, just
2: sit down, please. All right, go sit down. Sorry, my kids. Uh, oh man, that is. my grill right now. No <laughs>
0: man, that's the highlight of the show, man. You getting why you? This is about fathers having rights, man, and it just goes to show, well, like, the thing, yeah, you're being a father.
2: When, when you're not on the phone and you're just sitting around the house, they don't bother you. They don't even talk to you. They don't want to acknowledge you. <laughs> but one time, your attention's not on these kids. That's when they're all over you yep. and they hang on your leg and they want this and they want that. Yep. That's part of being a
0: parent. Dude. Yeah, man. You're an elite dad, man. And that needs to be said right here on, on this podcast. You're an elite dad, man. And I hope they run up to you more, man, so everyone can get to witness you fathering, man. Because this is the real thing. Tanner is really being a father right now, and that needs to be heard. Um, so, yeah, man, so you, um, so you moved, so you married her and moved back to
2: Arizona. Yeah, so long story short is that I found out I, mean, still, I, have, I don't have any rights as a dad, and I was like, okay, I'm not okay with that. And I I went to middle school, and elementary school in Arizona. I had a lot of friends out there. I knew a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. And... You know, long story short, I told my ex my ex wife fiance at the time, I said, Hey, uh, I, I you know, I convinced her to come back home. I said, Let's work it out. And I said, Let's go to Arizona, I have better job opportunities as an athletic trainer out there, here's a the job I have, blah, blah, blah. So we moved out here to Arizona, Central Arizona in the Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we we moved out here, and uh, that's when more of the story happened. This story, it's a big story. There's a lot of stuff that happened. This could take taking three hours, so um, well, we to summarize it. Well,
0: beforehand. I'll tell you what, man. I don't, you know, I'm, i, I you, you can just. I, it's important that it's important that we have this conversation. And as long as you're okay, you know, what I'm saying, telling it, I'm, I'm here to listen, man, because it's it matters to me, bro. You know what I mean? I'm listening to it. I, 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 I can't think of a better thing other than to, to consume my time if it's not creating art other than doing this. Like, I can't think of anything on the list. I like, do oh. have some art behind I, you. I,
2: I, I but, think it's important because if anyone in the area that I live in is listening to this, shit. They, could, they could use this as some advice and maybe it could help them. And that that's the whole reason I want to do this because everyone has that stigma that... Mothers just get the children, and that's what it is, and they just kind of give up, and that's not the way.
0: That's not what it is. Well, I want to say this, man. There's no maybe about it. And, man, you are an extremely smart human being. You even said a word in here. I don't remember what it was, but you said a word. I'm like, damn, what was that word? I got to ask him. Bro, you are a really smart human being. You know what I mean? Was it and, basal metabolic No, nope. Like it that? was some way or it was earlier in the podcast where you were talking about something. Oh, it was okay. it was it was a it was a it was a word I hadn't heard, but it was cool. It was like, all right, cool, good. But 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 like no, it just, no, I forgot, but like look, I just wanted to say this, man. You you're you gotta know this will for sure help somebody in your state when they hear it. You know what I mean? This will. This you'll be able to take this podcast. And, And someone around you who really hasn't got the full gist of it. Or whatever, if they're going through it. Like, not only that, man, you'll be able to take this link and go listen to some other dads that just was just telling their story. And you'll see how many similarities there are in their stories, in your story. You know what I mean? You'll start seeing. You'll start seeing them in you and you in them. It's it's beautiful. But it's nothing better for us to be doing. I I can't think other than me to be sitting here listening to this. I can't think of nothing other I would rather do. Uh, I know we don't know each well, other, but did, what you went through really fucking matters because you're a human being, bro. You know what I mean? You're a parent. You love your kids, bro. You know they're not just some child support check or no shit like that. You're a real parent. You're a parent and a father, bro. You know what I mean? So it's like, man, yeah. So you moved to Arizona, man. Um, you moved to Arizona. Well,
2: if I can interrupt you, JB. Yeah, go ahead. Before go ahead. you start on the next section, um. The reason I'm talking to you too is because me and you met through technically the Father's Rights yep. which is a big Arizona or not Arizona, a big a big Facebook page. Yep. And we're we're all on there for the same reasons because there's a lot of fathers out there that think that they just they just they don't get their kids and that's not the case it's slowly changing to the point to where it's almost 50-50 in quite a
0: few of the states. And that's what it should be. And it really certainly should. Because we shouldn't have to fight over what we equally made. Well, it shouldn't be a big fight. It exactly. should be right down the middle, right up front. It shouldn't be a fight. It,
2: it should always it should. initially be 50-50 until someone is well, in. Well, I want not say contempt, but until someone's proven
0: otherwise, an unfit parent. Well, I'm sure in your studying, you found how beneficial it is for Title IV, uh, with the money oh, scheme. Yeah. Yeah. So with every, you know, you know how it goes. There's so much money involved in that, bro. And with that, all well, the money's going right back to the county of that. The same county issuing the child support is getting the money right back. So it's like, why would they not? And sometimes they're getting it five dollars to the dollar so why would they not <laughs> it's beneficial to keep uh, the fight going
2: even when it's when it's money put aside there's no money involved a child needs both parents yeah. and like we discussed in the beginning of this kind of interview um you know uh, my parents were divorced and you know i have one parent telling me the other one was bad and i realized the other one was better uh-huh. That's it's not the way it should be. It should be both parents being adults, yeah, and caring for their children. That's what it boils down to. It needs you need to have two parents caring for their children, not being immature and bickering, and caring for their children and, and doing what's right.
0: Because I'm gonna say this right now, all right? And I don't know. I don't talk about this much on this podcast, I guess. But listen, I didn't see my parents getting along. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad cheated on his wife to have me and then had a, went back to his You know what I'm saying? Did his family thing. It wasn't like he left, k like, type shit. So whenever my parents interacted, it was arguing, bro. So I firsthand got a chance to see and feel exactly what the fuck all, all the shit all of us dads are going through, like, we, a lot of us got a chance to see it and witness it and feel how, how what it feel like. And it don't matter the, the gender, the, it's the feeling of the fucking, the, the, the arguing, the, the the disconnect there and not having that connection, not having that middle ground, not having that medium, not having these two people be able to come to a medium spot to elevate me type shit. That's not what we want for our kids. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, yeah man, it's, it's 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 powerful that you went through that, you know what I mean? Because that's what propelled you into the into <laughs> where you are to this moment, you know what I mean? And it's important me and you talk so people can see what happens, because there's been a lot of dads in here, bro, who are not standing how you standing right now, and they need to hear the yeah. voice of somebody who's on the other side and how you did it, you know, regardless if it takes a minute, that's cool. They just need to hear that it happened, that you did it, and that you're a real person, bro. What we want is a real thing. You're a real person, bro. You're a real human. You eat every day, and you got your babies this moment. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get to it. You know what I mean? That's we have to. We this is this is mandatory. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a thing when it comes to child custody. Um,
2: I've been. Uh, I've seen a lot of posts from fathers that want their kids or don't have their kids or all these issues when it comes to custody. But even before I had custody issues, I was, I was looking at these and I was seeing what the outcomes and the results were. And I was looking at kind of what the common laws were. Mm-hmm. So I had a general understanding of what it was. And that's the biggest thing because um, it's like my dad... You know, I like I told you, I look up to him, but he always told me, he said, if you want something done, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm not going to trust some lawyer to tell me how it is, I'm going to look into it. And that's what I did. And so, I moved, I moved me and my, she was my fiance at the time, I moved us to Arizona because I knew Arizona was a 50-50 state for custody. That was their, their baseline model when it comes to custody. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that if I wasn't married in Arizona, it probably wouldn't look as good for me unless I had proof on, you know, a lot of dads talk about it unless you're on the birth certificate. Right. I was luck- lucky enough to be on the birth certificate um, when I moved me and my, you know, my now ex-wife out here. Mm-hmm. It actually, uh, it kind of changed the scenario. I moved us out here. And we got along real well, because uh, I'll be honest with you, I moved just out here thinking that my, my ex was going to do the same thing she did before and take off with the kid and just do crazy things. But I knew that when she was around her friends that were doing drugs, that she was going to listen to them. So right. I said, okay, if we go to Arizona, she's not going to listen to her friends because she can't, they're not around her. And I was right. I moved us out here and her friends weren't around and she acted normal again. It was great. We had a good relationship for like another year. Right. And that's, that's when, my, when she got pregnant with my daughter.
1: Right.
2: And, you know, it all worked out well. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe that was the only issue. Maybe it was just because of her friends, you know. She's just easily influenced, you know. Let's just keep her away from these people that have negative thoughts or negative uh, impressions on her, and it it should be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not in the fact that I was trying to control her. It's just the fact that she was making really bad decisions because her friends did that. It's not because I wanted to, you know, tell her what to do. Like, she had...
0: Well, well that's the freedom difference
2: in the world. Protectors. She had my like, debit card. She could go. Do, you know, I bought her her own car. She could do whatever she wanted. Right, no uh, man. Thing, yeah, some that's of these things
0: half you half were dropped. doing. So yeah, some of these things you were doing is just outstanding. You said you got her a, a, a gave her a card, a car. You see, you got her a car. Did you say? Yeah, she had her own car. Yeah. She had we
2: had a shared bank. You know, she could do whatever she wanted. Man, and it's she, not like I controlled her because yeah. when we moved out here, I had full-time job she didn't and i paid for her yeah no man i didn't care what she did as long as as long as she took care of our child right that's all
0: that i cared no man that's just you just did you just a stand-up human being man you know what i mean and you did over and above and to know (laughs) all you really needed was just show up and do your job i'll do the rest you know what i mean just show up do your job you know what I mean? And it's and it's not about you controlling anyone, bro. And I was going to say, there's a difference between controlling someone and protecting them. Like, you were, literally were protecting this person from their own self. And I, I, You should, if depending on the drugs you're talking, maybe you should go to rehab. But I'm saying, if you're not going to do that, then come on, let me help you. And if you move this person away from that, and in that time they were normal again, chances are eating the pills or whatever it may have been, Getting away from that, bro, really probably did fucking help, and it, and it may yeah. sit, it may have sent it may have been like damn in vain when it got sour again. But look, the beauty in your two kids having each other and getting to play with each other, man. When you said you were the only child, and that's that's beautiful to me because they got each other. You know what I mean? But yeah, but yeah. Um. So yeah, hold on. So yeah, so go ahead. You can say what you were saying. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: Yeah, so what I'm saying is, um, you know, I've heard I've heard my ex, you know, my kid's mother try to tell me I was being controlling, but it's not the fact of me being controlling, it's the fact of just being a good parent, and I just wanted her to not be a bad parent, so I'm trying to avoid situations where she has that yeah. altercation where she's allowed to be a bad parent. Yeah. Because... I already knew her personality, and that she'll she'll listen to anyone that mm-hmm. tells her anything.
0: Easily influenced me, um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know it's like someone that wants attention. They'll do anything for attention. Mm-hmm. and That was her. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, bottom line, it comes down to the kids, not to what they're doing. So Pretty um, much, when, yeah. when we moved to when we moved to Arizona, I worked full time, mm-hmm. and you know like I told you before, I was from Colorado, she kept smoking marijuana, I didn't have any problems with it, it wasn't a big deal. But as my son got older, and then we we got our own house, we actually got our own house, and um, it was kind of like in southern Arizona, and it was with my best friend and his wife, um, it worked out really well, like the first two months, and that's when she got pregnant with, our daughter, and, uh, she decided to keep smoking marijuana while she was pregnant with her,
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: at the time, honestly, I'm from Colorado, I didn't, I didn't have any negative things to say, because she was, honestly, my ex-wife was doing good, she wasn't making bad decisions, because she wasn't around her friend. Right. But after my daughter was born, there was a lot of controversy between me and my best friend and his wife and my now ex-wife, and we all had to, we went our separate ways for a little while, but then um, I was making good money, so I bought a house, and that's where I'm at now, it's in Santan Valley, Arizona,
1: mm-hmm. and I
2: bought a and my best friend and his wife moved in with us, and... um. You know, then my daughter was born and then it kind of, history kind of repeated itself because at first I thought it was, I really thought it was like postpartum depression. I thought my, uh, I thought my now current ex-wife was just having some mental issues, you know, just from being pregnant, having a kid, but um, from input from friends and close people with us in our community, I realized it was just Kind of her being—I wouldn't say crazy, but I'd say it'd be more of her just being non-negotiable with anything because she was so stuck in her own mindset. Mm -hmm. But I realized it's because she started talking to her bad friends again online and all of this. Right. So I I, got—I purchased this. A home and I purchased us a new car in Santa Ant Valley where I live now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then that was when my daughter was born. She's a couple months old. My son, you know, he's two, three years old. Everything seems to be going good, but um, anytime something significant would happen, she was super irrational about it, and I couldn't, I couldn't cope with her. I couldn't, I couldn't come to an agreement with her. She's. Always super defensive. I couldn't talk to her, and and then after a while, I said, you know, it's okay, whatever. It's her opinion, no big deal. But I would start coming home from work, and I would see that she was starting to to neglect the children. And there was actually an instance where I came home, and the first time that we had a big incident was. Okay, so just to recap, you know, we're in New Mexico, and she took off with my kids. Right. And there was actually a fight that we had when I moved into this house. I forgot to mention this. Uh, we had, we had a, another fight when I moved into this house in San Han Valley, mm-hmm. and she left with my kids again when my daughter was just born, she left for like a week or a week and a half. And then she came back, and I was like, you know, this is typical now. I'm used to this, so it wasn't a big deal. Right. I was like, you know, she'll come back, no big deal. Uh, just let her have her space. But um, after that happened, I remember I came home from work one day, and she was just uh, so stoned that she didn't even know where she was, and she was laying on the couch, and my front door was open. And I came home, and my son, he was playing out, And he was playing in the road in front of my house.
0: What the fuck? He
2: had a pine cone, and he was playing with it in front of my house. And I was like, oh, my God, what the hell? And I ran up to him, and I was like, what are you doing out here? And I, I ran inside, and I looked at his mom, and she was just, oh, she was just checked out mentally. And I was like, this is not okay. Like, this is so bad. And, you know, even even to this day, I don't have any proof she was doing any other drug. But I I think she was because marijuana doesn't make someone like what? that checked out. Hell you no, know?
0: hell yeah. no, yeah. hell no, hell no, hell no. Especially not a regular weed smoker who's built up a tolerance. <laughs> you don't get that. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. I was like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, sorry, I forgot." Or "Oh, man. sorry, I forgot." Or "I wasn't paying attention." And then a week after that, the craziest thing happened. Uh, we had a we had a mutual friend of ours that would actually sell pot to my ex wife now. Uh huh. And he would always randomly show up and he would sell her the pot. You know, it was illegal at the time. This was like two, three years ago.
1: Right.
2: Um, but at the time here in Arizona, he came over because she asked him for some pot. And he came over and he showed up at my house. And she wasn't even here. And there was a fire in my kitchen because she left some rice burning on the stove. And my house was on fire, and he had to put it out. And when he did it, he actually video-chatted me when I was at work. And he said, hey, check this out. There's a fire in your house. And I was like, what? And he video-chatted me, and he showed me this. He's like, yeah, check out the fire in your kitchen. He's like, yeah, your pot's on fire. <laughs> and he, he sprayed it with the fire extinguisher that I, I keep under my kitchen cabinet. Right. And he's like, yeah, where's your her, where's her wife at? And I was like, oh, my God. Well, she wasn't my wife yet. Even at that time, she, I was still engaged. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, what the heck? So um, at that time, you know, we had our conversations. I had my conversation with my She was my fiance at the time. I was like, what the heck are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And she always had the same excuse, like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't mean it. And I was like, this is not okay. Like, you can't be doing this. This isn't okay. you got to be an adult. Like, I'm paying for you. I'm paying all the bills, and you're staying here at home. All I ask you to do is to wash your kids and take care of the house, and you're not doing it. Like, it's, it's not a hard job. And I can attest
0: for that because I'm doing that right now to this day. Right, yeah, I mean, no, man, the little, being a parent is is the reason, I mean, it's a tough duty for sure, but, like, it's not fucking, it's not, it's a natural duty, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like taking a shower and brushing your teeth. Like, it's nature calls type of thing. You know what I mean? It's nature calls. It's not, it's not the same as... It's, it's not like it's not like working out where it's like a choice to get better this is nature calls it's like dropping a deuce every day this shit has to happen you know what I mean like it, it has to go down it's really not even an option if your child is around in the vicinity your job is the fucking parent there is no other thing going down you know what I mean like you know you with your kids twenty four seven we 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 we're with them we get it but at the same time it's like fuck we're Okay. You're you it sounded like you're outside or in a sunroom or something doing the interview. Your son comes outside, you're right there. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Go back in there. It's cold out here. You know what I mean? Like, bro, it's a full-time job. You know what I mean? But it has to be done. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. I just wanted to elaborate a little bit. I'm sorry, man. So, you guys. No, all I'm
2: saying saying is I worked full-time and I come home. Yeah. And I would see the mother of my children basically neglecting our children. And I wasn't okay with it. Yeah, no. And. Long story short, again, we would have more arguments because, you know, if we, if we had the chance to talk for the next five hours, I could tell you all the bad things she did, which weren't, were not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. A lot of them were exhibits in court, but it would take us forever to go over that. You know, she's to shake my daughter. My daughter was four months old, and she would shake her and tell her to go to bed, I mean, I, I, I just, it was crazy, you know, I, I can't say, I don't have proof of it, but I watched her do really bad things as a parent,
0: yeah, so, no, uh, man, and you shouldn't, and you know what, you shouldn't have to have fucking your phone on record, because a lot of shit that happened to my daughter in front of me, by, by her mother, was fucking, was, 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 not recorded on my end too. Now, I got a lot. But at the same time, a lot of that shit I didn't get. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't oh. like, it, no one was prepared. You never prepared for a crazy incident. You just said she shook her before. Who who Who's prepared to record someone shake the shit out their kid and make them go to, to Okay, and this is a thing that needs to be known for anyone
2: listening to this right now. Because we're trying to educate
1: fathers oh, yeah, on absolutely. the
0: scenario. Absolutely.
2: Anytime anything bad happens, you have to record it. You have to take pictures because it's not what you know. It's what you can prove in court. That's it. That that's is exactly it. what it is.
0: And it's not what you so say. It's you what you if you don't can record prove. it
2: or you don't take pictures, you don't take a video, it never happened. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what's so screwed up about our system because we can testify and say yeah, this woman did X, Y, Z, but, you know, like, there's so many bad things my ex-wife did to my children that that's unforgivable, but I could not prove it in court because I never recorded it. Right. And that's one of the things that I learned over time when I had my first lawyer, which is what I was about to get into right now. Um, so after... After my ex-wife did all this crazy stuff with my children and all this, Uh I confronted her. My ex-wife left my house again, and then she left for two weeks this time. But at that time, I called a couple of attorneys Uh out here in Arizona, and then I found out, uh, so the rule with attorneys is, like, say you call attorney A and then I call attorney B and we're in the same city and then I call attorney A because I want to hire him. Conflict Uh, of interest. Attorney A is not going to talk to me because it's a conflict of interest. They say, sorry sir, uh, there's a conflict of interest we can't talk to you at all. Yeah. And that's how I found out that my ex-wife was planning on leaving me because I just want legal advice on what to do with my children being neglected and beaten, I did. I didn't. I actually did not expect my ex-wife to be leaving me. Right. I just wanted to know. I was like, Hey, like, what's the issue with this? Like, I I was really concerned. I was like, I just want to have proof. Blah blah blah. Like, I didn't plan on leaving her. So I was like, I just want to have an attorney to document this because I didn't know anything about attorneys or the law. But I found out that my ex was calling all these attorneys in the town I lived in. Damn, so you started
0: getting getting conflict of interest responses. I know that probably took you by shock. You're like, well, shit. (laughs) If you're going to do this, this is the place that we came to do this.
2: Yeah, I I called one attorney's office and they gave me really good advice. And they told me, they said, "Uh, Tanner, based on your scenario you need to start a dissolution of marriage right now, and you need to ask for full custody of your kids on an emergency basis. And I said, okay, that's great, but uh, that costs a lot of money. I don't have any money. They said, well, yeah, you can work with the court with it. And I called a few other attorneys, and, you know, a couple of them were like, yeah, we can't talk to you because there's a conflict of interest. And I, I called the original attorney. I was like, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, that means she's already called them. I was like, oh, okay, so she already planned on leaving me, and I didn't know that. Right. I was like, okay, so she planned this before me because I moved just, like like I admit I I moved just to Arizona because I wanted fifty fifty custody, but everything was going real good, and I didn't plan on leaving my act. But then she was calling all these attorneys, and then I found out. Oh, okay, now she's planning on leaving me. Okay, cool. Right. So, you know, I actually had a coworker that gave me a number to an attorney that was her mom, and her mom was a judge slash attorney, and I hired that one, um, which was actually a mistake for me, because she was a really bad attorney. This lady was actually a judge in Phoenix, but she was also an attorney part-time, and she did not do her job whatsoever. Right. Uh, you know, now that I know the law and when I had my divorce my divorce case, I could have had it in the bag from the get go, but it didn't happen that way because now I know how the law works and the attorney I hired she she didn't do her job.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been. We've been hearing that as far as uh, a lot of fathers on here saying they've had to go through multiple lawyers and searching through multiple lawyers. And again, you know, for the listeners out there, man, this costs money. <clears throat> so we're, you know, we're, we're mentioning these lawyers. We're talking about lawyers and switching lawyers and not free. <clears throat> they want money. <clears throat> They're not, you know, if you find the right lawyer, they'll work with you. <clears throat> Sorry, man, I'm getting yeah. my pen right now. You know, I only get my kids four days a month. So, man, uh, I mean, my trial just got adjourned uh, fucking for the 10th time since October of 2019. So, but uh, yeah, I'm an advocate of that as well. But,
2: uh, 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 well, uh, when you're on that subject, though, it, it is really important if you have a few listeners or whatever it, it is very crucial to find a good attorney mm-hmm. because there's a lot of them that that'll just take your case for money and there's a lot of them that will do it because they actually want to help you mm-hmm.
0: and there's some that'll be a, and that take a give you put you on a payment plan as well it's important to understand that you can you can you don't you know but don't be afraid to try to get help. And don't be afraid. Did you hear Tanner talking about calling and getting consultations? Don't be afraid to do these things. Well, so you no. can get a feel for people.
2: My, my advice for anyone listening is the fact that what I've told everyone, okay, because as of this point now where I'm in, currently, I've talked to a lot of people about father's rights and custody and all this, Mm -hmm. and they ask me because now I have full custody of my kids, but I tell them, I say, when you talk to attorneys, you need to find out every attorney that has free consultations, find every single one and talk to every single one, and then find the three best attorneys in the state, and even if it's 75 bucks or 100 bucks, pay it and talk to them, and then see what the response is between all those six or eight attorneys, and see if it makes sense or not, because really, having custody of your kids and a data, it's a really big deal, and it should be taken seriously, it really should, and, you know, spending 200 bucks to make sure you're doing everything right, it's worth it.
0: Huh. That's well said, Tanner. You know what I mean? It certainly <laughs> is worth it. You know what I mean? Going a nah, little nah,
2: extra step. And That's know? what I did.
0: If you would go to the, if you would go to GNC and get yourself creatine before you a big, big old container of it for a hundred bucks or ninety bucks or whatever, why the shit would you not spend seventy five bucks to have a conversation with a cup with? You know what I mean? Just man, that is
2: great. Yeah, go to farmers man. market first and pay someone twenty bucks that's licensed in nutrition for you know that's what, um, but,
0: that's what I'm you know, saying that's, that's what thing. I'm saying man.
2: that is that's and every 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 field has an expert and you know it's it's like me and you talked about uh, i I went to school for health and exercise and for exercise conditioning and all this but um, I talked to a few attorneys and I talked to a few paid for and I got all of their opinions, and I rounded them up, and I did the average of all their opinions. and I said, "Okay, this is probably what's going to happen." And yeah, it sucks. And you have to do it, but if it's that important to you that you have your children, it is worth it. Uh
0: huh. So you, so uh, so you find out that there's a conflict of interest. Uh, how'd you, what'd you go about doing next? Conflict of
1: interest
0: or what? Oh no, you, you told you, you actually left off when you said you you got the other lady. You got the one lady who was Oh yeah, or... yeah.
2: So um, the first the first attorney I called it's said, like, No, I can't help you, there's a conflict of interest mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh my gosh And I was like, Okay, my ex wife called this attorney and it was like one of the best attorneys in my area.
1: Right. And I was like,
2: Wow, okay, she's already called this attorney and at first, I, I was flabbergasted, and for the next two days, I didn't call any. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, why would my... And I thought about it, and I was like, how would my ex-wife call her? She can't afford it, because she's on my debit card. Like, And then I checked my debit card, and I was like, Does she pay her? <laughs> you know? Like, I was looking into it. I was like, okay, she didn't pay her. But uh, I, 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 I called the attorney that I was referred to. And, um, I found out that what happened was, my, uh, so, just so the the viewers know, um, I I married my ex-wife in that time frame before she, well, she took off with my kids, and then after she took off with them, she came back again, and then I married her. Right. And, at that point, like... I will probably sound like an asshole, and I bet 50% of the people will say, Yeah, Tanner, you're an asshole. That's not what marriage is about. But I literally married her just because I knew the fact that if I was unmarried, I had no rights to my children. (laughs) Because I was told that by an attorney. Hey, buddy. You don't upset
0: me. You don't upset me. That was a heroic move, and it sounds like from where you're standing today, Okay. hey man listen it worked out it hey worked man out. Well, listen we'll I have a work. friend bro who's a, <laughs> hey bro I have a friend who spent most of his most of the time since we were like 16 to the like literally uh, four years ago he was in maximum security prison he got out and he got custody of his kids you know what I mean? It just goes to show, he, but he was married, though. That was the thing. He was like, everything was going so different. In the, and bro, and here I am still fighting my fucking case, you see? And, 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 and it ain't that he ain't a great dad. He is a great dad. But at the same time, he got married, you see? You know what I mean? So it was a different ball well, game.
2: What I'm trying to say is, when I regressed back to the past, and we lived out here in Arizona... Um, my, my ex-wife left with my two children yep. and she left again for another two weeks. That's, uh-huh. that's a spot I, I kind of forgot about. But she left again for two weeks and then she came back and then right when she came back I said, let's get married. And then she said, okay. But at that point in time, I mean, whoever's listening to this may say I'm a, a douchebag or whatever, but at that point, I was doing this for my children. I wasn't doing it for her. I was not in love with her. But I knew that for me to have any visitation with my children, I had to do this.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I I,
2: actually married my ex-wife. And, you know, eight months later, we got divorced. And I knew, I already knew it was going to happen. But I only did it because I knew that was, was going to happen. Right.
0: Yeah, no, I, look, I, I, I get how people, how you would think people would see it as you being, but no, you're not going to get any shame from me, not today, not for that one, brother, I'm sorry, <laughs> that was, that was, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you were looking, you were I, just I, trying to make you sure you could be point, a dad, that's all, that's all you were doing, you didn't do anything, you were just trying uh, to make sure you could be a dad in yeah. the end, that's it, that's it.
2: Um, I, I told all my good friends ever since I had an incident in Albuquerque and my ex wife took off with my son, I knew it was a problem and I knew I couldn't correct it. Like, I could not physically or mentally help my ex wife because she had so many issues. Right. And for a year, I believed that my ex wife got better, but I learned over time that she never got better and she still has the same issues. Even though she was away from her drug addict friends and all this, she still has the same mentality saying, well, I'm going to leave you. I have custody of the kids. They're not your kids. And that's, right. that's not how it should be or how it is, especially in Arizona. Right. So, um, you know, I, I just want to make that clear, like, I don't you even know how I spent. I, I came to Arizona because I knew that she couldn't take the kids uh-huh. from me out here, uh-huh.
0: and that was uh-huh. half the reason I moved out here. You know? So <laughs> yeah, smart man, smart man, ten steps ahead of the yeah. game. <laughs> and yeah, look where you're standing at. Saying, at
1: you. I, 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 yeah,
2: yeah, my half my friends. Say, yeah, smart man. I was gonna say you're a dick, but I'm sitting there saying. What, would you rather my kids
0: be around a drug addict mom and neglecting them? Nah, like, man, okay. don't worry about that, man, because I bet you no know friends who've ever been in your situation said that or had that point of view. You know what I mean? Fuck that, man. Because look, because here you are, everything you're saying is everything you did right, and the person's still saying, I'll take these kids, I, I'll do this, I'll do that. Bro, they're not pawns, they're babies, man. Precious, precious babies, they're not Possessions. I mean, I, they are. They're, they're, they had them, but they're not like this. They're not, they're not to be used like that, man. And when folks get to doing it and get to doing, using their children like that, bro, like as weapons, that's when the break comes in. That's when the disconnect the comes Chil- in, man. Children
2: are not pawns in a game. They're children. They have their own emotions and feelings. And, um, I'm not trying to, to talk too much on your podcast here, but, you know, everything I've done ever since I lived in New Mexico, I've done it for my children because I knew their mother wouldn't. Yeah. And I've done it. For, I I knew when I lived in New Mexico that I was moving to Arizona because one day. I, I knew in the back of my mind that one day their brother was gonna neglect
0: them and leave them, and that's where we're at today. And we haven't even gotten to that point yet. Yeah, man. So go ahead, go ahead. Now let's hear about it, man. I don't want you to. I don't want you to not, not, not. I'll definitely want to hear about it.
2: Yeah. So. Uh... I don't even know where I left off now. We're talking about... Uh, new well, projects. well, here... Dude, I'll, my situation is crazy, man. Yeah, well, like no. anyone but...
0: You last left off where you two... Uh, you last left off where you two were... Uh, you... 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 you. You got the lawyer from the lady. You got the lawyer from your friend. She did a bad job. Uh, yeah. You got referred to some other lawyers and realized...
2: Yeah, so I, I got a lawyer from a co-worker of mine, and I hired this lawyer. She was my divorce lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of exhibits in my trial for my divorce out here in Arizona. Right. This. Uh, I'm not going to say her name because she's a lawyer. She can probably sue me, <laughs>
1: but...
2: Right. She was, she, she's also a judge in Phoenix, Arizona, we'll put it that way and right. she's a shitty lawyer <laughs> Right. I'll put it that way and she didn't she didn't include a lot of the exhibits that would make a big difference in my case right. um, long story short my, my ex-wife said that I was drinking from sunrise to sundown and I was doing drugs all the time the judge ordered me to do drug tests and uh, you know, alcohol tests every day. I had to do it for three months and I, I I peed clean every day. There was no problem with it because I knew I didn't I didn't drink, I didn't do drugs. Right. I didn't drink on the weekends, but I, I was like, Okay, I have I have P tests, I'm not gonna drink on the weekends, whatever, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um but the lawyer I had, I even showed the lawyer I had that my ex committed domestic violence and she was doing drugs, and when we were in court for my divorce, she wouldn't admit those exhibits into court, and it made me mad, because when we were done, I was like, why do not you admit that? And she's like, it wasn't necessary, and I was like, yeah, it is, because that's a big deal. Right. And so, so, Um, I... I found out that that lawyer wasn't a good lawyer, and I fired her, and she told me that I owed her $5,600, and I said, if you're going to charge me for that, I will take you to the Bar Association, and I'll sue you, because you didn't do your job when I would ask you questions, and you wouldn't get back to me within a week. It would take you a week to get back to me, and you're supposed to do it within 24 hours. That's your obligation, blah, blah, blah. And then, I never heard from that lawyer again. Wow.
0: Fucking wow, man. Tried to feed you to the wolves. Did you find another lawyer?
2: Well, this is a thing. For any people that's listening to this podcast, when you have a lawyer, they're obligated by the bar association to get back to you within 24 to 48 hours, and they're supposed to respond to you. Right. And... There's a lot of cases where, uh, for instance, like my sister owes her attorney like you know four thousand dollars, right? And her attorney won't get back to her at all because she owes her money, so her attorney ignores her. Right. But based on the license through the bar, they're supposed to get back to them within twenty four hours. Otherwise, they can sue them and get all of their um all their money compensated back to them because they're not doing their job. Right. I don't know the exact terminology for it, but I know it's a thing because I talked to another attorney about it that does that in Arizona. So um, I told that to my assistant. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll go talk to my attorney. I'll just let her try to take me to court for me owing her money and I'll get it dismissed. And I said, yeah, it's the best thing to do. But I had the same attorney that wouldn't get back to me, and she was a crappy attorney. I would would send her all my exhibits, and we went to court, and she only had half of them. I said, where's the other exhibits? She didn't have them. She's like, I didn't get them. I was like, yeah, you're a crappy attorney, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) The attorney I had said I owed her $5,600, and I said, if you want me to pay it, I'm going to complain to the Bar Association because... I was asking you X, Y, Z on these days and you never replied back to me and your obligation is to uh, respond back within 24 to 48 hours. And then I never heard a word back from it.
0: So, <clears throat> you did you go get yourself a new lawyer?
2: Yeah, so that was during my actual divorce about a year and a half ago. And then after, when my divorce was settled, the judge gave me and my ex-wife 50-50 custody of the kid. So I got a week on, my ex got a week off. That's what I asked for. And it was going well until, like, the second week. And then my ex, you know, the kid's mother, she wouldn't show up to pick up the kids. And long story short, I had my kids, like, 70 80% of the time and I kept picking up. I kept picking them up, and I kept having more of the time. But the thing is, is I knew I knew how the law works, and I know that if, if you're not spending the time with your kids, that's a big thing to the judge. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't telling my ex-wife. I wasn't telling her like, "Hey, you need to come get your kids." Because that's the big thing. I'm not telling her come get your kids because I'm not her dad. I don't have to do that. As an adult, she should know that. So I just, whenever she was late, I would say, okay, I'm going to pick up my kids. And anyone that listens to your podcast right now, they should know that because it's, it's not their job to tell the mother that they have to come get their kids or that they're late because that's their responsibility. And that's a big thing. It's a it's a thing that makes a big difference in
0: court. Yeah. And that's what made a big difference in my end. Yeah, man, definitely so, man. I've been, yeah, man. They should definitely be coming and picking their kids up, man. If there's a destined if there's a t drop off time, uh, they should definitely be there to pick up and drop off. You know what I mean? Be there. Show up. Mom, um, both parents should be showing up to the drop-off. You know what I mean? But damn, for you to have to be begging her to show up to pick them up is crazy as hell, man. That's a crazy thought, man. I
1: did
2: it at first just so I would have the evidence of it. And I'd say, yeah. hey, you're late. You're not showing up on time. What is this? I get her text messages. The biggest thing is uh, a lot of the people that are probably listening to your podcast are saying, uh, I need I, I need to know how to do this in court. And the biggest thing is to never have any verbal phone calls. Everything needs to be on email and text messages so it's written from that party because yeah. if they write it then it's you know, you can you can display it in court. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, man. My my child's mom talked about talk about killing my kids, getting raped she texts it all over. Talking about killing me. Text it all over, motherfucker. Text it over. I know you want to. Say all that shit. Just talk that shit. Go ahead. Yep. And there it is. It's on wax. You know what I mean? Because man, why yeah, what
2: matters it's uh it's like that movie. There's a movie, it's called um uh, it's got Gerard Butler in it. I can't remember it about Gerard Butler going to prison because he uh his family got murdered and then he murdered everyone else that killed his family. Mm. I can't remember the movie. Um oh Law Abiding Citizen. Have you ever seen that movie? No,
0: I'm gonna check it out though. Law Abiding Citizen There's a good
2: movie. It's called Law Abiding Citizen. It's got Gerard Butler in it. And he was basically like a regular guy and his family got murdered and he went to court. And the court screwed him over because he didn't have proof of anything. But his family, his wife and his daughters got murdered. And the district attorney, which is the guy prosecuting the bad people. Right. They told him, they said, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove in court. Right. And I remember that still to this day because it's actually really true. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove in court. Right. And and it's it's actually very 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 true because if you can prove it in court you have a good stance but it's not what you know if you if you have a testimony whatever it doesn't matter right um it's what you can prove so long story short if we sum up our uh our conversation here um, in April of 2019, I, uh, or no, let's, let's put it this way, and at the end of March of 2019, me and my ex-wife split up, I'm gonna try to shorten the story for you, man, so you don't have too long of a podcast here, <laughs> okay? but yeah, at, okay. at the end of 2019, uh-huh. my ex-wife was still up to her shenanigans and all this. And, you know, there's a lot of bad things that happen. I could name off all of them with my exhibits and all this in court. Right. Uh, You know, it it would take forever. And that's the the reason why I won, because I keep track of everything. I take photos. I take videos. That's the main thing. You have to keep track of everything. Anyways, my ex-wife left, and then she moved in with this one family that lived behind the... You know, down the street from me. Right, it She is. was there for a
0: month. And you had your kids at this time?
2: The biggest thing is never, never, ever communicate over the phone. Right, Always do it over email, text message, or whatever. But never do it verbally because you can't record it. And in most states, it's illegal. So why do it? Right. Don't
0: talk on the phone. Just get text messages, get email. Right. Nah, I'll, yeah, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, yeah, definitely check out the laws in your state, you know what I'm saying, where you at before. In a lot of states it is. In some states it is illegal. In some states it ain't illegal. You know what I'm saying? Only one person in the party has to consent to it, you feel me, as far as recording goes. Exactly. You know what I
2: mean? So, But, yeah. In the state of Arizona where I'm at, if one person is aware of the recording, it's yep. legal. So that's if I wanted yep. to record my acts, it yep. would be illegal. Yep. But why record her when I could just say, "Hey, yep. only email me. Yep. Don't talk to me. Just email me and text me." Yeah, because yep. it's all in writing. Because that person wrote it. So, that's, yep. that's the first.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great advice, quote. man. That's great advice, man. So you guys, uh, you were you said you were in April, two thousand what nineteen? You said.
2: Yeah, April of 2000, yeah, 2019, we split up. I I actually uh, was the one who uh, made the divorce decree. And and a lot of people have these thoughts like, if I'm the first one to divorce someone, I have the better result. But it doesn't matter. Right. That doesn't. And that's, that's something everyone needs to know. It doesn't matter who starts the divorce first. It matters who has the most proof and who's the better parent. Right. And it comes the kids, at least. So, so, I don't know if that's your experience or not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean... Well, I wouldn't say what you have in court matters. I don't live in a 50-50 state, so I live in a state where it's kind of motherfucking... I'm in Michigan, so it's kind of like no matter what you do, they're finding ways to make one party a good guy, and the other party, the bad guy. Like, two
2: people can come so, in there. almost... So, you, even weeks. if you're married and you have kids, and uh, you're saying it's more, the,
0: more now, when you, married, the now when you married. Now, when you're married, you get you have rights to your kids. You know what I'm saying? But when you're not married, bro, you literally have zero rights. Like, it's fucking business at yeah. that point until you guys are... Yeah. Until you're married. You know what I mean? At that point, you get... That's, at that point, Yeah, that's how New Mexico was. But, but it's not business though. If you marry, look, look, look. So if a person married, but but marriage is a title, if, if, if you don't want to be there, you know what I mean? So it's like, all right, they have this child regardless. He, he, this person should have the rights to his, you know, but in my, in my state, man, uh, dad needs a little bit. He needs a lot, man, to get, you know, to get his kids, man, as far as if he's not married. It's like, it's a whole movie. So, it is ridiculous, man, especially when you got kids' safety on the line, and they'd rather rather chase business aspect of it. Because, you know, the prison, it's deep, bro, like the prison system here is there's 30... Prisons for men, there's one prison for women, that's 2,400 beds, only 6% of the beds is for women, so there's not really much business in putting moms into the system to not pay child support, to get stuck in the system, to be put on probation, to fail to get stuck in the system, it's not really beneficial to get them stuck in the system, because there's no like long run, there's no prison beds, There's no there's no money for that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, It's not necessarily that you dads get in trouble for child support, but they do, though. You get a warrant or you do something, you get put on probation for this. Now, now you're in there. You know what I mean? It's like and it just goes on from there, from there, from there, from there, from there. And it's like there's a lot of room for that. So. Uh, But yeah, man, that's why I love having these conversations with dads that do live in 50-50 states and they do hear the evidence because there's a dad in Arizona, in Phoenix, or in whatever the hell. I don't know that many other cities in Arizona, but uh, there's a dad right there, you know what I mean, who needs to hear your story, who needs to hear that he's in a 50-50 state, you know what I mean? He needs to hear it, bro. He, he, shit. He's married or something right now, or maybe he's not married. He just needs to hear that he's in a fifty-fifty state. You know what I mean? So hearing you talk is is, well, is, hey, is good business. The
2: the thing is that I learned. I know about Arizona. I'm not a lawyer or anything, but the laws in Arizona. And, hey, can you hear me still? Mm-hmm. Yep, I hear you. Okay, sorry. So, I know that the laws in Arizona, uh, from my experience, when you go through a divorce, the judge does this to me. There's uh, 12 to 14 factors, and they use it as like a scorecard, almost as if you're in the NFL. <laughs> and they say, okay, these are the, the 14 best interests of the children. And they go do, they go down through these scorecards, one through 14. And when you have a divorce, they go, okay, father is right in number one. Mother has, mother's right in number two. Father may be right in three and four. Mother's right in five and six. Right. But in, uh, I always encourage everybody. Every state has what's called a law library, and you need to look into it. Yeah. Because every state's different. And that's what I did in Arizona, and that's how I found out Arizona is a 50-50 state. But the, the best piece of advice that I could give anybody right now is that you look up family law attorneys. You go look it up on Google, Yahoo, whatever. Mm-hmm. Find every single one that does free consultations.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Call one, ask them as many questions as you can think of don't call the next one yet and wait till the next day and then write down your question because you only got like three or four right Wait, wait a day and think of more questions. Right. call the next one ask them those. Right. And then once you ask the second free attorney the free consultation ask them those questions wait a day or two think about it. Because there's not that many free attorneys that will give you free consultation. Right. And that's exactly what I did. I called one attorney. I actually had to pay him $75 or whatever. And I thought about it. I looked it up online. I called a few more. But, like, wait a day and think of more questions for the future. Right. But that's why there's those Facebook groups also, like the Father's Rights groups and all this, because... There's a lot of dads that are getting screwed on child custody when they're not supposed to be, and that's mm-hmm. that's the reality of it. And a lot of them, they they're getting screwed because they think that mothers get all the rights. When and you know almost half of the states, that's not what it is anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just got to do a better job at bridging that gap, man. Because there's still states out there like mine, man, that will that want to suck this Title IV shit dry, bro. You know what I mean? Well, like they what, want it. What, and I what do you
2: in again? I'm, Good, I'm,
0: now I'm, in, I'm in Michigan. I'm in Michigan. Yeah, I'm mean, not talk yeah. about it all the time, man. So that's why I just I just forgot. I I did say it a little earlier, but I just I talk about it all the time, man. So that's why. But yeah, I'm in Michigan, bro. And and this state here, they suck. The fuck out of Title four and they're going to do it until they're going to suck it dry, bro. They have no plans on letting loose of the latch until, like, we vote 50-50 in. Now, we've had dads on this podcast who live in 50-50 states, and, like, they didn't, they weren't aware they lived in 50-50 states. And since they weren't uh, aware, when you get when you listen to their story, like, the judges kind of, like, walk them into it. They try to get a feel for what they know, and when they realize you don't know anything, they take advantage of you. You know what I mean? That's when they do it. And, 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 and they, they try to feel what you know and what you don't know type shit. And, and that's sad. You know what I mean? It's like a dad should have to. If, it, if a man lives in a 50-50 state or a person, it should be all over everywhere. It should be fucking like. It should be. Every, I've never been in a 50-50 state, so I don't know what it would look like. But it should be everywhere It should be well known It shouldn't be like fucking like It should be It should be well known But it's something they don't want us to know Because you walk in there You have a kid You're in that situation You're thinking it's still 1945 And you walk in there You know you're all You know You don't even know This is a 50-50 state bro You got You you have half the rights No matter what happens today So go ahead and ask for it But you don't even know And they're trying to get a feel Like what does he not know What does he know You know
2: well, to conclude this, JP, this is a thing. I had my trial on Monday, which uh-huh. was about, yeah, what's the day, Wednesday? Two days ago. Yep. I had my trial on Monday, and we had, it was me, my attorney, and a best interest attorney. Some people call them, uh, uh, legal... Guardians. something. Just, legal guardians? Yeah, legal guardian, atoms, or some weird thing. It's an attorney for the children. It's, they're, they're neutral parties. They're not involved in the mother or the father. They only participate in the children's best interest. Right. Legal guardian atoms or whatever they're called. Really? But I had one of those in mind. They call them best interest attorneys in Arizona. And the best interest attorney actually asked my ex-wife a lot of questions saying, hey, why didn't you show up for three-year visits? Why were you late all these visits? Why did you leave early? And she made her look really bad. And I I, I think half the problem is is a lot of these dads are so involved with their ex-wives or their baby moms that they keep communicating. And half the problem is don't communicate with them anymore because they do it to to. try to prove themselves and like when it comes to legal advice I would say if if you're arguing with your ex-wife or your your children's mother quit doing it because the more you say the more you have to use against you in court yeah yeah and it is really true because I learned it and the less I said I would say yes or no answers and I went to court on Monday and she didn't have anything to use against me. I I proposed sixteen exhibits against her. She had zero. She didn't show any. Right. And I ended up with full custody. I mean, there's there's a longer story. Maybe we could have a part two later. I yeah, mean, we got no, to the that beginning.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. That was beautiful, man. Just goes to show, man. <laughs> just Monday, forty eight hours ago, you were you were literally. You know, you just got custody of them, full custody. Your journey has just come to a complete end on on Monday, you know? And that's why dads needed to hear your story because it's like, you know, um, we got a chance to actually hear your kids, you know what I mean? Like, you get a chance to be a dad here, man. You get to play with your kids. You get to wake up and see them every morning. You get to, like, watch them grow together. You know, your daughter's, like... Not she like your daughter is not shouldn't really have a problem with men like as far as because she's gonna have you for sure like you know what I mean to go off of you know and, and and that's just so beautiful to me bro like man there's dads out there who will literally walk the entire mile in no shoes or socks. Just to get to their kids. You know what I mean? Or and farther if, well, if if they need to, man. I I,
2: I I want anyone listening to this to know that ever since I moved to Arizona I've done everything all because of my children. Not because of selfish reasons, not yeah. for me. It is all because of my children. And yeah, I have I I own my own house and I have a car now and you know, I am in debt. I'm in debt really bad. Like, it's its not a, a cupcake story. It's not like it worked out really well for me. I'm in debt right now, but I don't care how much debt I'm in. All I care about, I got my kids all yeah. time because I know they'll be taken care of the correct way.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that, the, next,
2: the, ne- the next step in my life right now um, you know, you know, in a month or two from now, I might lose my house. That's how, that's how broke I am. I'm behind on my house payments. You know, it's like any other dad. They, you know, they're in debt. And I am too. I'm in debt. I haven't paid for my house in four months, but.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you what, man. I'm going to tell you what. You literally did it trying to be a dad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You did it trying to be a dad. You're not going to lose your house. Because what we're going to have to do is, what we're going to have to literally start doing is, we're going to have to start finding some some outlets. We're going to have to start reaching out to some people who are dads and who do know, like, there needs to be a central source of some of this, you know? And I and I have had the pleasure of working with uh, a lot of other dads, and there is one in particular I do have in mind I want to get you with, because he has all these, he has he's, he's really attached to these groups, and uh, as far as, like, funding and stuff or some shit he was telling me about but i want to direct you to him so he can you can talk to him because he kind of was in the same situation and he was like this is what he's doing he's trying to find like a he's making a central spot to get funding going or something but me and him talked about a lot of stuff that day from from him creating an ai to a bunch of shit bro a bunch of shit well i think actually he was straight that might have been another father uh, but, uh, but still, but still, he definitely was talking about getting help for fathers and stuff just in this situation. I've kind of just been focused on this podcasting because I'm like, damn, man, I, f- I feel like talking to people and people getting a chance to talk to me. We just, it's a good, it's, it's, it's just good for a good conversation to have. And I want to get as many dad's stories. Cause man, your story might not relate to mine, but it might relate to somebody, uh, from Colorado, or somebody from, I don't know, Delaware, shit, uh, Montana, uh, somebody, you know what I mean? There's someone who can relate exactly to yours, but he can't relate well, to mine there's at a all. Lot of
2: people, and they're, they're just average guys. Yeah. They don't have degrees, they're not, you know, they're not on top of the food chain, they make, they make minimum wage, yeah. whatever it is, but that, that's how I was. I didn't make a lot of money, I was in the poverty level, and... You know, I started making um, a middle class income for a little bit, and then I lost it. But I, I did it for the kids, and then it all got screwed over. But in the end, even though I didn't make any money, oh, if if we had another podcast, I could tell you the details. There's a lot of more things that happened. Right. And in, in my scenario. That led me to the point I am, but everything I've done in the last four, eh, eh, two and a half to three years, I've only done it for my kids, not yeah. for anyone else, not for me, yeah. not for anyone else. Well, I did it for my kids, but now I'm sitting here and I reap the repercussions of that, and now I have my kids.
0: Yeah, you got your kids, and since they fucking bled you dry in order to get your kids, now you're kind of, like, behind because you had to put so much. Not to mention, while you're going through it, you really can't focus all the way like you're supposed to. You can't, like, oh, just focus on yourself. How the fuck am I supposed to focus on myself when the most important part of myself is in, in like, limbo here? It's not, like, secure. It's not a secure thing. So... Yeah, man, that's just really interesting to me, man. Uh you did it though, man. And yeah. and there's 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 that's the thing, a lot of dads need to know that
2: you know, if you put a hundred percent into it you can do it because I'm just an average guy. I never I never had a degree, I never had a lot of money, but I just researched and then I knew how the law worked. And I use that in my favor because I took the time to look into it.
1: Right.
2: And I'm not I'm I'm not crapping you. That's that's the only reason I have my kids because I knew what my ex did was bad and I thought what I did was right. I looked into the law and they said basically, yeah, what you're doing is right, what they're doing is bad and then I I documented it. You have to document it too. Right.
0: Well uh I did have a quick question um um so you've talked you've gave us the journey um and it is quite amazing like it goes to show like what happens when fathers uh literally put it all on the line uh to to just for the opportunity to be a parent man and to be a good parent you live in a 50-50 state but it still took like you pretty much sacrificing everything just to have just to be who you've always wanted to be and what you've always wanted and what was important to you you know so that's that's quite fascinating to me man um and i know for a fact like god god's not about to do anything he's not going to put you in any position you know what i mean there's you're getting ready to get away up out of this i know it uh we're we're going to actually i'm going to get you through with my man we're going to we'll we'll figure some stuff out but uh but bro listen um. also I want to right there there should be more support groups for men as well there's tons of support groups for uh, moms that are in trouble there should be a lot more support groups for men that just came out of custody court and it, it's brand new that's the thing us talking about it and exposing the system and what it's doing to people is brand new and our cell phones are allowing us to communicate with each other you're somewhere I would never have found you had we not had these cell phones so that's the beauty in that um that's uh, so, really quick, uh, I think your story teaches, can teach us so much, man, as far as where you stand today and everything you've sacrificed just to just to have the opportunity to see your children and make sure and know for 100% fact that they're safe every day and night. Uh, what, what, what advice would you give to a dad um, that is in your situation or that can really, really relate to what you've been through? What advice would you give to him?
2: So, I would say that if anyone is with a woman and they have a child with them, whether they're married or not, um, you know, if it's going good, great. But even if not, uh, the first thing they need to do is, I would say, go find free legal advice, and depending on the state they live in, and say, okay, what 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 is a legal Parameters between mothers and fathers. I mean, we're having this conversation mm-hmm. because it's about fathers' rights, and there's so many fathers that they, ne- they get neglected for their rights. Yeah. So I would say every every father that's out there that has you know whether it's a baby mama or a mother of their children, they think they're going to break up, like. Go to your state's law library or consult a free attorney and look at look at their options. Because what I've seen in the past, uh, based on looking at internet posts, is there's a lot of fathers that try to, they, they kind of give up. They're like, oh, I don't want to do this, mm-hmm. this sucks, blah, blah, blah. But they might they actually probably have a good fighting chance. They just give up thinking that it's on the mothers and the mothers. Uh, yeah, like in her side normal. when it's yeah. not. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you would say, "Fucking don't give up," number one, or and, well, and then next would be. Fucking seek legal advice immediately, both free and maybe yeah. wouldn't hurt to invest in, in, in maybe so, talking to some of the guys.
2: So, um, my sister has told custody of her son, and she's a mom. Yeah, and you know she's a mom, but I know she is a better parent than the her kid's dad. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna name any names, but I told her. I say, call every attorney in your county. That will give you a free consultation and talk to them. And then after you talk to all those free attorneys, wait a couple of days, write down a few questions you have, write them down. After you figure out those few questions, once you write those questions down, if you have to pay 200 bucks, pay the $200, call those other attorneys that charge you 75 an hour or half an hour, call them, and call the best attorney in the state and pay them 50 bucks. You know why? A lot of people say, I don't want to pay them. But guess what? You're paying them 50 bucks for half an hour. Right. When if they're the best attorney in the sure. state, you'd be paying them $3,000 a month, and no one wants to do that. Yeah, but if you get yeah. their advice and they're the best one in the state, it's definitely worth it because they've been through a many 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 times
0: yeah it's worth it man I, I, I think that's great advice man put 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 it hey, man a hey, a hey, hey, nothing nothing easy comes free man and, and that's fatherhood as well yeah uh, it, it,
2: it's always it's always what you work for yeah. and if it's that important to you it'll be your main priority you have to work for it. There's a lot of online resources. There's even free wor- uh, free resources like uh, law libraries are free in a lot of states, and yes, they are free. But there's in a few states, there's people that will actually help explain what these laws are, and I, I want a lot of these dads to know this, this. Is why I'm saying this. When I when I was here in Arizona, I didn't know the law on how to write paperwork, and I called a lawyer. The law library, and there was actually a lady who works for the government, and she told me she said you need to write it XYZ. So I just want these dads to know that like don't be scared to call them, just ask them and see what you need to do. Because even if the even if the government doesn't help you do it, like the like they did here for me in Arizona, there's companies that'll do it for like twenty five bucks a month. It's super cheap. There's so many options out there. To make sure that they, they can get their rights to their
0: children, which they deserve. Um, I think that's great advice too, man. That's good, insightful advice. Um, my last question for you would be, if there's a mother, if you, if you could say something to a mother out there, um, maybe who's married and she's acting crazy or whatever, not wanting to be a mom, or she's alienating a child from a father, what would you say to
2: her? Um, I would say, like, in any court case, the best thing to do, like, from what I've learned, is to try to stay out of court as much as possible, and if you can come to an agreement in a, like, in a mutual agreement outside of court that's in writing, I would say do that. Um, but any time the court is involved, they're they're making money off of you and it's unnecessary. There's a lot of unnecessary things happening. Right. So, like, for example, if my ex didn't want to go to court and I said I did, I mean, if it were me, I'd say, let's not go to court, let's get a contract in writing. I'd rather pay a lawyer a hundred bucks and not keep it in court. Right. So if, if there's any type of female that's not getting along with her baby dad, um, I would say to maybe hire, I wouldn't say hire an attorney, but hire someone to make paperwork, uh, a legal binding paperwork, to agree with your child's father because any time it comes to the court system, you're spending twice as much money as you need to, and it's ridiculous because their morals and values are way absurd compared to the, the normal American's opinion. So it's, it's a lot more difficult if you go through the court as if, if you go through person to person. Right.
0: Well... Listen, Tanner. I think that was another great piece of advice. Keep it out of court. The courts have no interest. You're not. They do not have your best interest. <clears throat> um, for all my listeners out there, man, you can take and learn from Tanner's story. Um, I appreciate you being with us. I'm sorry we took so long, but I mean, we had to get through that. <laughs> and again, man, anytime if you want to come back and do another another uh, episode, please, man, you're free. We can we can link up. It can be another two hours. I, look, I don't care. I don't mind. Hey, if, I
2: think- if they ask for a part two, am willing. I have a lot of missed details in my story, but it's it's Michael. My Michael. Really- goal, my, my goal, I, I only I'm only here because. There's a lot of fathers out there that don't yeah. do anything, and
0: I know they yeah. can get the rights of their kids if they're not doing it. So. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying? Our conversation was really, it was our conversation. I learned you, you learned me, we kind of got to know each other a little bit as far as I got to hear your story and whatnot, but like, but like, but like, there was dads out there that learned from this conversation, see? There's, There's dad so that many dads be- out
2: there that yes. have more rights than what they think they do. Yes, that's what man. It is. Yes, man. That's, that's why exactly it's for
0: us to have a good.
2: And for if to we have to get start. this podcast to blow up and we can get more people to hear, that's what needs to be done.
0: Well, I'll tell you what we can do, man. I'll get you the link to the podcast. And what I haven't been doing is really promoting the podcast much, like I should. But there is a time when I do promote. But I have been on such a mat. I've been on such a terror getting dads, listening to their stories, going through my own court case, and making sure that I continue to record dads. Um, uh, but there are times when I'm down, and I, like not down, but like downtime, where I'm just like I'm on a marketing rampage. But I haven't been doing it right now, but I know for a fact what can be done. All that really, really has to be yeah. done, honestly, is taking one of my link Taking one of these fathers rights links, one of these podcasts, one of these Instagram pages, and just sending them to these dads that we 're seeing hurting, sending them to the dads in the comments that we see hurting. Hey, listen to this podcast, attach the link, send it like that. You know what I mean we could all that 's all we really have to do, and we spend two hours doing that while 're watching while our kids are watching a movie or watching our kids play. Shazam, we've helped a bunch of people. You know what I mean? There's so many of these podcasts linked like that, but that's how we got to do it, man. You got to always keep in mind, this this father's rights thing we're doing right now is in, in is in infancy, Sage. It's just a baby. You know what I mean? So there's no... uh. Well, there, that's the thing,
2: man. Uh, that's the thing. Everything's always been in the state of the mother. Yeah. And it's like you're saying, even if you're doing a podcast just to glorify the father, that's great, but still... It, it, any state in the United States it should be fifty fifty initially yeah. unless there is you know, unless there's drugs or domestic violence, whatever. But that's how it should be and that's not how it is. So we need to change that. I and mean, what you're doing, that's a great thing. It's a great thing. We need to keep doing it and yeah. I, I support it a hundred percent. Yeah, we're all over and yeah, let's let's keep doing it. Yeah. I'll even I I know a lot of pretty I wouldn't say rich people or famous people, but I kind of do, considering where I live, but I I would have me come chat. Let's do it.
0: Man, listen, whatever you want to do to contribute, man, please, let's do it. I am a super happy that you stopped by, man. I appreciate you so much. I am so proud of you, man, and I can hear God pumping through your veins and in your heart, bro. Uh, You never stopped, and you kept listening every time your intuition, which was God, and he told you to do something, you stopped, and you did it, and I think uh, you're a walking example of what happens when people uh, listen to God, and We've had fathers on here who won their custody cases before, and uh, you're another one of those dads, and and, and you guys let us know that it can be done. That's why we have to continue fighting the fight until the fight's over. You don't. You don't you don't start walking the winning and walk halfway through the fourth quarter. That's not how it goes. So uh, Tanner, I want to thank you again. If there's any listeners out there, again under the sound of our voices, that would like to speak to Tanner, all you have to do is contact me, and I will get you con- uh, I'll get you in contact with Tanner on Facebook. Um, I'm sure he'd be willing to talk to any dads or give you any quick advice on Facebook, whatnot. As uh, you hear, he's a great dad. He's being a father right now, um, and it just goes to show your kids can be um, around you. As well. All you have to do is put the work in and believe and listen to God. Tanner, thanks again. And uh, anytime, just hit me up on Facebook. Uh, this isn't my real number. This is an app I'm using to call for, uh, for, uh, for the podcast. But I will send you over my real number. Bro, anytime you want to chat, anything, bro, I'm here. I appreciate you again.
2: Yeah, I want to say real quick before you go. I want to talk to you for one minute. Oh, yeah. So give me a call real quick. Oh, yeah. We well, hold
0: on. Hold on one second. One second. So that was our conversation with Tanner. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It just goes to show what can happen when you believe in um, what you're doing. It also goes to show uh, two people can be um, in two different parts of the same country with miles and miles separating them. And they can be going through the same thing and have a meaningful conversation. Fathers, there are fathers out there who are just like you, but they're, they got custody of their children. They're in the same situation you were in. They, they were, and they got out of it, and now they have custody of their children. So what you need to do is uh, stay focused and locked in on the goal. Um, try not to give up and uh, rinse and repeat.